Right, so this is episode 28 of the podcast, and uh, for the first time, Pete Fletch is actually away. So I thought I'd, I'd take it upon myself to um, to basically undo all the good work we've done over the previous 27 episodes by uh, by effectively having my best friend on, David Cobbold. So that's who we've actually got on today, and uh, so I'm thrilled about that, obviously, he's been my best mate since we were 18. Um, you know, I, I used to really look up to Dave. Obviously, until I got to know him a bit, I used to really look up to him anyway. But <laughs> that was that wasn't a dig, and it was a joke. But yeah, honestly, um, I guess this bit feels a little bit weird for you, mate, as it as it does for me, really. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It, <laughs> so at least you've got over here and your voice on mic for the first time. But I mean, it were interesting then. You know, we were just talking, and and you said, "Oh, his his intro going to come in." Do you know what I mean? His intro music, and I'm like, "What about?" He's like, well, is intro music going to come in? And I'm like, oh, no, no, we put put intro music on afterwards. <laughs> I don't know, it almost felt like that was going to be some sort of ceremonial thing for you, that, where intro music yeah, was going to yeah. start. But, I mean, yeah, it's obviously it's really nice for me um, to have you involved in this because, you know, obviously as my best mate and that to sort of see everything that happened before and then, you know, everything that's happened in the years between and then all this that's happening now and obviously the podcast and and other things that are happening. But, um, yeah, man, I, I thought it'd be interesting for the listeners to to hear from you um, for, for a myriad of reasons, um, especially primarily probably being, like, even down to how we sort of met. And not just me and you, but, I mean, it was kind of like a whole group of friends back then, wasn't it? I mean, to a point through association to a degree, but obviously... So, I, you know, I got to know Deg because he was uh, assistant manager at JJP, effectively, which is where I had my first ever job at uh, late 15 or early 16. Was it? I can't remember anyway. But um, And Rob actually al- already worked there. Rob uh, Rob Harvey actually already worked there. Um, so, yeah, Deg, Deg's known as sort of all, really, probably m- primarily me and Rob, but he's known as all sort of over the years and... Um, you know, and everything that's happened sort of in between, really. So, yeah, man, thank you for coming on, Deg, uh, first and foremost. The pleasure's all mine, mate. The pleasure's all mine. It's a strange situation, like you say, but here we are. So let's get on with it. I, I, you know, everyone gets a little bit sort of nervous when they do these. I mean, I do a little bit, but like the Patreon episode, honestly, like they were really nervous. But as soon as you start talking about something, do you know what I mean? It goes. But, yeah, man, I, I, I think we should start, like... Um, back in the days of sort of, you know, you managing JJB, how you sort of got there, why you were doing that, and then through, you know, through to, to meeting Rob and then and then obviously meeting me. Well, I mean, yeah, I got a job at JJB and just wanted some beer money, really, on a weekend and, and got a job there as a part-timer and, and that with that. Um, I remember Rob's first day, actually. Uh, I'd been there a while and... There were a new starter coming, everyone's well, there's a new starter, there's a new starter. And I remember him walking down the shop. I thought, oh, the, who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> who does he think he is? <laughs> anyway, I got chatting to him and really nice lad, obviously, just really bouncy, bubbly lad, and got chatting to him. Tells me he's in a band and and that with that, he gives me a tape. I don't know, you remember that tape? Yeah. Yeah, I'd blind on and oh yeah yeah i know i do remember that that um, was that was i think that was literally the first sort of first demo yeah, it was yeah so mm. first studio experience we'd ever had and yeah. we, we recorded it um down by the river in Horbury, i think and yeah right. it had blind on um lifeline lifeline body or soul 
Like, do you remember that one? I don't know. You know, that might be the one that I can't remember. Did it have Judas on that one? I think so. I'm pretty sure it did. I I just remember because I'll never forget it. I went into the studio and it was a pretty cool studio and there was the biggest rock violin you've ever seen. It was absolutely enormous and all other lads were like a bit nervous of it. And I'm not, you know, I'm not bothered with dogs at all. I'm really confident with them. So I, you know, I went over to this dog and I'm like, yeah, it's fine, lads. It's not, it's not threatening this dog. It's fine. And I'm stroking it on its head and then I can hear like a rumbling and I'm like, what is that? Someone getting a delivery or something? You know what I mean? It sounded like a lorry and then I realised it was this fucking dog. It had started growling and then before I knew it, it launched this like assault, but I, I managed to uh, avoid it anyway. But I do remember that demo, yeah, and I'm sure... Uh, I'm, you know, I'm sure that's floating round in various bootleg sections. Well, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I remember it. So that, so did Rob play you that then? Rob just gave me the tape, and I used to listen to it on on me on my cassette player on my earphones, riding to and from work. And I still can remember the songs now. Do you know what I mean? I hadn't listened to them for twenty years, probably. But <laughs> me too. F- fantastic tracks. Do you know what I mean? From a from a demo like that, I, d- I just thought it were amazing. What I were listening to, really different. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, that that was probably something that was lost on us at the time. But, I mean, I remember whenever I played it to anyone, that kind of was the first thing that they were saying. Well, like, you know, it sounds really unique. And, um, no, man, I, I know I know what you mean. Sort of when he comes, he must have come bouncing down the shop. And, like you say, just like, who's, who's this character? But, you know, that, that's, that's exactly what he is. Do you know what I mean? He's, just, yeah, yeah. he's one of life's characters. Um, and he, he's so much fun to be around. Absolutely, yeah. I fit in it. Fitting as part of the team straight away, do you know what I mean? I remember him p- particularly selling his cleaners really well, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Something which I uh, never really did. We'll get on to that anyway, we'll get on to that. Yeah, yeah, that was my first time meeting Rob. That was that one, I think Rob got you the job, didn't he? Or I think somebody got you the job. E- effectively, yeah. Um, that'll have been the first time I met Rich Warburton, actually, who we obviously call Rue, who I think listens to these podcasts, so I don't know, a nice shout-out to Rue there, but... Um, I remember going in for interview and basically after a few minutes, he was like, well, you know what, I like you, so I'm going to give you a job. And I just thought, oh, nice one. You know, little did he know what he'd actually let himself in for there. Absolutely. <laughs> I remember, um, like, Rob used to be on door, didn't he? And, like, yeah. you'd, you'd come past shop or you'd come in shop and he'd just be on door. And that like, was his job, just to say hello as people walked in. Well, that's, but that's it. I mean, he's such a vibe merchant that you walk in and there's Robbie Williams, buddy rock DJ on, and he's pulling all <laughs> moves out in middle of shop. Uh, and like you say, one, in one breath, you're like, oh, my God, you've got a lot of confidence. But in next breath, you can't help but sort of love it. You know what I mean? And, it, like, it, it, it was just very infectious like that is Rob. Um Certainly, you know, when he picks up on something like that, you know, it really make you laugh. But yeah, I got to know Rob through there and then we started playing football with, with JJB. We were playing football down on Kirkstall Road and we used to play on a Tuesday night, I think. Down at Goals? Down at Goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I remember Fantastic it. Fantastic times. Yeah, I remember it. I remember actually because I remember getting skinned by Rob every time. Yeah. I be- I'd always end up on different teams to Rob and like it just... So agile and such a low centre of gravity, and like, honestly, you skin me. And I used to try and get hold of him and barge him over. I just couldn't you get were near, quick. I you were couldn't quick. get near him. I, I remember actually one one lad. It wasn't actually Rob. I can't remember who it was. Um, who are it now? But he was running rings around me. I couldn't get anywhere near him, and I proper lost my head and started like screaming. And you were just like, "No, sir, calm down." <laughs> I was like, uh, "Yeah, all right, fair enough, fair enough." <laughs> but yeah, when I first got to know you, mate, I mean. You were you were a bit of a nightmare, really. 
Elaborate, please elaborate. It was just a bit of a problem. <laughs> Didn't really react well to authority. Oh, right, okay, yeah. Um, I didn't like being told what to do. Didn't like serving customers, which is pretty essential in the retail environment. <laughs> Very unapproachable. <laughs> it's a fucking good job I didn't need a reference of you. Oh, Jesus. I, remember, I just remember... Um, like I, I worked out this trick right. Like, obviously, you know... Puffer jackets, everyone knows what a puffer jacket is. When you've got 10 of them stacked on like an arm, a metal bracket, there's a void behind them. <laughs> and not only is there a void, there's a load of puffer jackets in way. So, you know, I used to sort of, I used to be like, oh yeah, I'll just go be on courts. Where's Adam? <laughs> someone, someone needs the changing rooms. Where's Adam? They just appear out of the puffer jackets. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I, you can talk anyway, we'll get on to that. But I'll tell you what, um... I, I sometimes I think like once I spent like nearly half an hour in there just being like oh man like I, I can't really come out now get paid I mean? for this <laughs> I got like one pound eighty six for this <laughs> but yeah I worked out that I could just sink behind these puffer jackets you know just like literally just sort of ooze away into them and then like no one would know you were there so you could just kill hours and people would be walking about oh, have you seen Adam oh no I ain't seen him just <laughs> giggling like a child just thinking oh well. But yeah, predominantly knew Rob first, and then you came along, and uh, <laughs> things change. <laughs> I remember um, when I haven't been there long, and there was Stephen Reid as well. They're really part of the gang back then, and I think it was my idea. We were just bored in back. Do you know what I mean? We were just bored, and I found this like you know, like a poster tube, quite a thick poster tube, and we had some sort of ball. Obviously, cause it's a sports shop, so we were just playing cricket in back. And I remember Julie walking. This is, I suppose this is like indicative of me, really. I remember Julie, the manager, walking into the back while we were doing this and just going, what the hell do you think you're doing? And I just went, playing cricket. <laughs> <laughs> playing cricket. And the, the thing was, like, I mean, I, I suppose thinking back, it's ridiculous. Like you say, I must have been a nightmare. But like, that didn't seem wrong to me. Do you know what I mean? It just yeah, I know what you mean. I, I think I it was the culture maybe there. Oh, well, I'm going to say, fucking hell, the culture that you set up. Oh, where's Deg? Oh, he's asleep in fucking storeroom. <laughs> what, on all that bubble wrap? Yeah? So you open fucking door where bike storeroom is, and there's him fucking fast asleep on a load of bubble wrap. <laughs> all right, mate, how are you doing? Like, uh, yeah. Good, you it's know. all lies. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> all right, oh, yeah, for, for the purposes of anything official, <laughs> it is indeed all lies. Uh, but yeah, got you know, I got myself into p the position where I was, uh, le well, the team of disgrace. I think I was the yes. ringleader of, and that's what Julie, um, that's what Julie coined me, so to speak. But you know, and Julie, I mean, she was she was really part of the part of the gang back then as well. Wasn't yeah, she? yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, there were lots of people who, I mean, you know, I I can't speak for you, obviously, but I don't talk to anymore. Um, only through. Honestly, like sort of life reason. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's not through any thing. It's not through anything other than that. Yeah. Um, especially in my situation, I shut myself off to everyone. Do you know what I mean? Let alone sort of people I had supposed to were out for a while. But yeah, like you say, there were loads of people uh, involved in it back then, and sort of sharing in. Um, well, not just how fun the music side of it was, but just that whole sort of JJB culture that yeah. that, that we sort of had. You know, it were a right laugh. We'd yeah. And like, you know, that were, I always looked, like I say, uh, well, I looked up to you and I looked up to Rue, uh, Rich Warburton as well very much when I started working there. 
And then we'd sort of all start going right rows on a night and sort of hanging out and stuff and playing Pro Evo, yeah. which is a part of the conversation we'll have later on as well, because um, obviously very important. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, again, it's all part... I just found it interesting that like, I see people react to the stuff we talk about on the podcast, and it's not just local people to me. It, you know, it's fans in general that seem to really enjoy being almost transported Back to those days, really. Do you know what I mean? Back to the sort of uh, early adolescence, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the best days of your life, surely, I think. It definitely were for us. Like I say, that was kind of our culture, really, wasn't it? We'd, yeah, uh, yeah. We'd hang out and, you know. They sit now, we're doing 40, 42 hours a week and we're getting like 600 a month. How we're flying, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> 21, living at home. Didn't need another penny in the pub every night. I think that... I really, I really enjoyed those days as much as it, you know, it, it, it wasn't about the work, was it, for fuck's sake? Oh, no, no. Do you know what I mean? It was just about the banter and... I mean, I, I, I just remember one time, it, I mean, he just used to make, he can make you laugh, can't he, Rob? He can just make you laugh. And I'm, and I'm on the tills, trying to serve on the tills, and this rock DJ on by Robbie Williams on the, on the stereo. And Rob's just keeps getting in my eye line and doing the classic sort of Saturday Night Fever pointing into your crotch and up into the sky. And I can't take it. I just can't take it. Rob, I'm trying to look away and he keeps moving around. I just got him in the peripherals and I just end up... It was just an awful experience. That's my one outstanding memory from Rob. Apart from one time I'd had a big row with Julie and I'd started crying and... Rob had claimed the 12 o'clock dinner as you had to split the dinners and Rob had claimed the 12 o'clock dinner and I'd said to Rob, I'd had this big row with Julie and I were in tears and I had to go up to Rob and I says, Rob, Rob, you went, you all right, mate? I went, can I go on 12 o'clock dinner? <laughs> he says, yeah, mate, yeah, yeah, go on, get, get yourself on your dinner, you're all right. Oh. <laughs> They're the two real memories from Rob. I don't really have any other memories from him working there, but... Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. I just remember, I mean, he gave me that tape, and then I just remember thinking about him with that tape, and I, I, was, I was kind of into the local music scene at the time, being young, and I used to go and see another mate of mine's band, and and then I went, I came to the Duchess, and before I even knew you, I think. Oh, f- for the first heat of the bright young thing. Yeah, I, don't, I just heard that you had a gig, and I came along to watch it, do you know what I mean? Me and a mate of mine came along to watch it. I remember being blown away by it. Do you know what I mean? Thinking, I said, I remember saying to Andy, "These are these are brilliant, Andy." Do you know what I mean? These are totally like different, and even Andy accepted that, even not being into the into the scene. But it was fantastic, and uh, I never got to come to the final because I think we were doing some work experience at the time, so I never got to come to that Bright Young Things final, which is a big regret, really, because it sounds like a mental night, and that's obviously the night that you got signed. Uh, well, effectively, yeah, that's kind of certainly the night that the ball started rolling um, in that regard. But, I mean, you've been held back from coming from quite a few things, haven't oh, you? Yeah, I know what's coming here. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, well, I think we, I mean, you know, there's a bit more context to add to this, I think. Like, you know, as as we've alluded to, we became sort of really close because we got on really well. I think there's a, a you know, like a, a the personalities match. We have a similar outlook. We're both quite deep thinkers. Um, but jumping ahead a little bit anyway, we were playing Glastonbury, weren't we? We were playing yeah, Glastonbury yeah. and, um, you know, I, I were really, I wanted Deg to come. I was like, come on, come down on bus, do you know what I mean? It'd be a right laugh. Um, and to be honest, it's all I wanted from the situation. 
to be fair. Um, because I think Zoe had been on a few things by then. I really wanted you to come on this, uh, and um, I remember, uh, and yeah, that f- I will, well, I'll, I'll, I'll reserve my rage for off mic, <laughs> but yeah, th- that bloke won't. Chris Ross. Yeah. You're going to say his name? I don't care. <laughs> he deserves it. I'll put the address online later. He, uh, he, he wouldn't cover your shift, would yeah, he? Just a three-hour shift. I just All I needed to do was finish at five, and he said, I need the cover till eight. And I remember standing there five till eight and counting every customer and thinking, you couldn't have handled that. I think we had 12 customers between five and eight. Mm. Uh, missed out on that full experience. I think I think Rue and Reedy came to Reedy came, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, love Rue and Reedy, but you know, it would have it would have made it for me for for you to have come on that. But you came on other things. But as I say, we are jumping ahead a bit. The next thing really would be like, I don't know, like everything sort of kicking off really, and then because I mean, we, you know, it ended up didn't it where our tunes were on the fucking JJB yeah, radio, yeah, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Which I mean, like, as you, well, I mean, it started kicking off didn't it a long time before that and. It, it just started. It just started. Uh, the ball just started rolling, didn't it? I don't think anybody really. I mean, I I certainly didn't understand how much, how quick that ball was rolling. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it were a really quick, a uh, quick ball, <laughs> a quick ball. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, let's keep going. I'm gonna leave it in, but let's keep going. Um, and I just think everything was just happening, and I don't know. Half of it were disbelief and. I thought it was just the busyness of life and just cracking on with it, really. But, yeah, it started going nuts, didn't it? Mm. It was going nuts, and then obviously we knew it had made it when the guys that had been working, selling trainers at JJB, the, the music comes on, the stereo, in the shop, and I can say to everybody that walks in, you heard this band? <laughs> used to work here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> used to hide in courts. <laughs> Shite, you are. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good job I can play a guitar. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I think it's also interesting again how we sort of met and we got on really well. But I think the, I don't know, like I think there was something that happened that sort of I, I, I guess showed me our true character. Really, do you know what I mean? Because I think I'm a bit like that. Really, I choose people who I gravitate to um, based on. The character really, and I think it's an I think it's a massively subconscious thing with me. It's not planned. Do you know what I mean? It's all you know. You think about it as entities, really. When I find an entity that I enjoy being around, I'm quite sort of. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I'm loyal as fuck. I guess is a term, or do you know what I mean? I'm there. But I remember, you know, and we just discussed actually how deep we wanted to go on this sort of point. But I, I you know. <laughs> I I could I was I was difficult back then. I was quite difficult, and I think I was difficult to be around. And I I think there were I think in some cases it was if I wasn't already there, it was easy to not have me there. Do you know what I mean? In some cases, and I'm not sort of pointing any fingers in that regard, but it ended up anyway where um I'd been like proper left out or something, hadn't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got I'd got really upset about it, and basically. Uh, because obviously my girlfriend at the time, Zoe, uh, was best friends with Julie as well, who was a manager, um, who Deg was also in a relationship with Julie. So I'd sort of mentioned to Zoe, and I think you must have found out that way, didn't you? Yeah, Julie said to me, have you heard what's happened to Nutter? They've all left him out going, love it and all. I said, you what? I said, I didn't get fucking asked either. 
says, like, like, get me his number. I, I think I, that was the first time I got your number. Right. I said, get me his number, and I'll just fire him a text. I fired you a text. I said, should we go to Lotherton all, mate? And you said, yeah. And we went down in that gold punto. <laughs> what a belter. <laughs> With spoiler. With the spoiler. Um, and we went down and... Um, I don't know. I just, I, I, th- I suppose, if I'm honest, I felt sorry for you. Yeah, no, I, mm. I get that. I mm. get that totally. I and I came that. along, and then I think you had some weed as well, which were, <laughs> really, um, <laughs> were always attractive. <laughs> I'll be his mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you came, and you, and. Um, and I remember the weather were turning, wasn't it? the weather were going and the clouds were building and the wind were picking up and everything like that. Because before that, it was a really nice day, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's that, right. And that's, I think, why I was so fixated yeah, on going. Yeah, that's right. I was so fixated on going and sort of being part of the fun in the sun or whatever and when it didn't work out, you know, and that's kind of a facet of ADHD as well or my personality or whatever. Um, but yeah, once I fixate on something that I really want to do, it really causes me a problem if it doesn't happen. But yeah, you were saying it, it was a, an amazing day, but it turned, didn't it? Turned, it turned horribly, yeah, we watched it, but I mean, it were amazing, wasn't it? I'll never, that storm just, we watched it come over our heads, didn't we? Yeah. You put Purple Rain on by Prince, and we had both doors open, so both speakers were exposed in car, and we had it cranked up, everybody else sensible had gone home knowing what were coming. That's right, there were no one else there. No, there were no one else there, everybody else had seen the impending doom that were approaching, and we sat there, and we smoked this joint until it started raining. No, I mean, the, the, I'm like that, though. Do you know what I mean? Like, if something, if, if something really amazing happens, like I say, that sort of, like he says, the storm, it was fucking incredible, like, what it did in the sky and, and like, the size of thunder and everything. So I was just like, oh, this needs a fucking soundtrack, this. And yeah. I was mad on Prince at the time. I was still am. Uh, but especially then, absolutely mad on Prince. So I just li- literally lent in and pressed the sort of the button on the stereo to turn it on, and that's what uh, that's track what came yeah, on. Yeah. And I just thought, well, that's fitting in itself, seeing as it's pissing it down. Yeah. I love shit like that. Do you know what I mean? I love them moments. Yeah, where, a real bonding moment. Yeah. Well, yeah. De- I mean, definitely. I mean, you know, you can reflect sort of as in terms of um, what it did for to forge our relationship, because you yeah. know that's as I sort of said. That's kind of how I deal with people that, you know, because you did that, that were like, right, well, you know, that's... Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's I know what you mean, yeah. It's yeah. set in stone almost. And then I think the relationship just sort of continued at ruse, didn't it? And, and things like that until you got a few quid and then you said, <laughs> I'm going to buy this house <laughs> in Kipax. You want to move in? And I just went, yeah, yeah, I'll move in. And that's as far as that conversation went. Mm-hmm. And then you bought the house, and I was watching you do it up, and I was thinking, am I even still moving in? I don't even know, because, I mean, that, that was the only conversation. And then eventually you just went, uh, yeah, it's ready. Do you want to move in on Monday? I was like, uh, yeah, no problem. <laughs> said to my mum, I said, oh, mum, I'm moving out. She said, you're moving out? I said, yeah. I, said, I went, wait, I went, Monday? It was the Friday before. <laughs> It's interesting in itself, really, because, I mean, as you know, I, I had no concept that I was going to be able to buy a house at that age, but along, along with the other sort of mad things that were happening, that became a prospect. And I remember sort of thinking, well, you know, like, I need someone to move in, really. And as I say, I just started getting, like, really bonding with Dave, and I thought, well, you know, it's got to be, gotta be Dave. So, yeah. so I'll just ask him. And um, as, as he said, he jumped at the chance, and then I, saw, I, I did the place up, do you know what I mean? I 
Did top you? to bottom. Yeah, well, I mean, new that carpets throughout, yeah. decorated throughout professionally. Yeah, your kid put um, central heating system yeah. in as well, yeah. didn't he? Brand new boiler and central heating system. And the best part about it was the house got finished, right? <laughs> Ticked off, and he went on tour for 13 <laughs> weeks the very next day that I moved in. I had the house from you all the way through. <laughs> oh, God. And, like, I, you know, I had one rule, do you know what I mean? Like, on like, because it were three floors, this place, and um, the top floor were two rooms, and I'd knocked through to make this massive room and, like, put an ensuite in there and everything. It were velux windows, dormer on back. It was lovely. And I had one rule. I was just like, just, hey, mate, uh, don't, don't go upstairs. You, <laughs> you can have the run of the house, but don't go upstairs. And anyway, I, I came home anyway. I came home and went up to the room, and there were just, like, loads of plaster chunks on the floor. <laughs> Well, on the sloping roof bit where the Velux what when it sloped down, I was just like, uh, what's all this plaster and shit on floor deck? And he was just like, oh, uh, we're up there with Rachel, and uh, <laughs> she banged her head on the ceiling and knocked all plaster out. I'll never forget that. Yeah. I'll never fucking forget I'll it. I'll never forget that. She shit her head that hard on the wall, the plaster dropped off. <laughs> she nearly knocked herself out. And all I'm bothered about is be fucking plaster. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't a big bastard chunk of plaster though, all that, to be fair. No, I, I mean, I never did go upstairs. It was strictly for shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving that in, mate. I don't give a fuck. I'm leaving that in. Um, but yeah, I mean, Deg just had this fucking knack, right? He had this, like, you know, because as he says, I'd, I'd go on tour for 13 weeks and then come back for two and then go away again for another three and stuff like that do you know what i mean that went on for obviously quite a long time especially when we were touring that first record and like without fail like i'd always come back and like some something would happen and there was the time that you'll know what i'm going to say the time that i'll never ever forget was i think i can't remember where we come back from japan or somewhere i can't remember we've been away a long time and i came home and i got back about half two because we'd have to drive up from heathrow after getting off the plane or whatever got back at half two I opened front door and it was just like uh, the Amityville horror. <laughs> there were just thousands and thousands of flies. <laughs> and I literally walked in and even though it was half two, I was like, well, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to unceremoniously wake him up here, but why the fuck? There's uh, thousands of flies. <laughs> the thing is, mate, I mean, I still think you disbelieve me about them flies. Honest to God. I've never seen, honestly, when Nutter used to come back, I'm a really respectful guy, do you know what I mean? When he used to come back off tour, I used to make sure they were milking, some bread, something to make a sandwich if he got in late, you know, that sort of stuff. Make sure the house was perfect. Obviously, it being his house, I'd make sure it was absolutely perfect. Gone to bed at 10 o'clock, looked in the room as you closed the door. Oh, look at that, it'll be perfect for him getting in at about 2 o'clock in the morning. And I'm thinking, I can hear him pull up on drive. I hear him pull up, it wakes me up. I hear him come through the door. What the fuck is going on in here? I'm thinking, what, what's happened in the last three hours? I've been in bed. I says, what? I come out, there's, and I mean, he's right. They were gathered in clumps, weren't they? Round the lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I says, I don't know what's going on. Well, you must know what's going on. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. There must be some rotting meat. What do you... There's some rotting me. What do you think I am? Although on that note, I did once come home and I've got an incredibly sensitive sense of smell. 
I walked in anyway, and I was just like, what the fuck is that smell? What is that smell? Deg? Deg, what is that smell? Deg went in. And then I walked into the fridge and tracked it out, and it was like some Stilton that were in the fridge. <laughs> some, and I was just like, what is this? And I just took it anyway and threw it out in the garden. And then when it got home, I was just like, oh, your, your cheese or whatever it is, is out in the garden. It was stinking house out. And you were just like, oh, I'm a Stilton. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's, um, the times when you were away were the best. <laughs> When you just had my fucking house to yourself, <laughs> freshly decorated, you were bringing your bird round, screw, screwing her in my master suite, knocking the fucking... And this isn't the end of it either. It gets better, does this? When you've been on tour and that and you've had a fucking 20-odd-hour flight or whatever and you get home and you think, oh, get home to a, you know, get home to a, a joint or whatever. You know, I'm not going to be caught about it. And then you come back and they'll just be like, you know, there'd be, there'd be money where the, um, where the parsley used to be in, in your room, just... Uh, Oh, I, uh, I took, took your weed, but I put you, put you some money back. <laughs> and there'd be like one bag left with like a couple of joints left in it. And you're just like, oh, all right. So what I've now got to go and find some, have I? Is that right? You couldn't have replaced it with some <laughs> that were actually green, just actually money. But I mean, you know, these were the things that I let you off with, Egg. You should, <laughs> you should have hidden it better. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, you know, because especially when I went on tour, I didn't do jack shit. No, no. Do you know, I literally didn't do jack shit. And no. Especially when Deg lived with me, and it would be a bastard because he used to work, like, what was it, 8 yeah, 8s? Yeah, yeah, long, he, long, long hours. He'd, yeah. do, he'd do 8 8s, and I'd be there all bloody day, yeah. bored, bored off my ass. Do you know what I mean? It's like, well, bloody hell, how many Top Gears can I watch yeah. in a row? And, well, it wasn't Dave back then. I don't know what it'll have been. I'll tell then. you what as well. You used to work at 8 till 8 in a job that I truly hated towards the end. Couldn't wait to get home to have some pasty. And you're watching that clock right from 8 o'clock in the morning till 8 o'clock at night, and you're thinking, I'll be home for 10 past 8, easy. Sparked up for quarter past 8. Mate, we need some milk. <laughs> You've done fuck all all day. <laughs> One all there. <laughs> It's a, it's, it's a fair point. It, it, is, it is a fair point. Um, I mean, we got some neighbours. We got some new neighbours, didn't we? We and uh, Mark and Claire, bless them, absolutely love them to bit. Um, and I remember when we started to get to know Mark, he were a bit like, oh, well, uh, you know, I just think you were a couple of vampires. Never saw you outside. Come outside, you're looking right pale and that. It's like, so, what's up? I mean, what's up with you? I don't get it. What's your <laughs> oh, dear. But yeah, living with you, we, we're good. But then that's when everything, this is what I was thinking about earlier when you said to come on. I said, I thought, what am I going to talk about? And I thought, I can only talk about like how amazing everything seems now from back then. But at the time, how normal it was. Yeah. And just normal. Uh, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, I've just come off tour with Incubus. Have you? Did you see who shot Phil Mitchell? <laughs> crazy and now you'd be you, you know what i mean you'd be thinking wow just t tell me about the tour with incubus tell me about incubus mm. yeah, i just never even asked <laughs> i'll tell you what as well i always remember one thing it sticks for me and you 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 were somewhere you must have been i don't know where you were canada must have been somewhere north because you were seeing the the northern lights and you said someone had said on bus yeah come to the window you can see northern lights and you were skinning up <laughs> 
And you never even bothered to get up. <laughs> Fucking hell. I'd love to see Northern Lights. You couldn't go five foot. That's just how normal it was. But it was a crazy time, wasn't it? Yeah. You, at that time, you were so pumped up that it, it, th- there was going to be somewhat far better than that happening in no. time. Well, I mean, yeah, and it was the same when we went past Niagara Falls. To be fair, they were like, "Oh, we're going past on, like, on the on the uh, the bus." Like, and the driver were like, "We're going past Niagara Falls. If you want to stop and have a look, and like you say, we're just like uh, not not asked really." But <laughs> <laughs> no, to be honest, though, I'm pleased that we did. Someone else wanted to, and yeah, yeah. But you know, it's that just weird though. But that's that's what that's what I mean when you look back now. You think, well. To get that opportunity now, but yeah, yeah. you were totally overloaded at that time with with good things that were happening. I remember that you were telling me about that year being the best year of your life when not un- everything just kept happening. Everything that happened was just a great, brilliant thing, mm. and you didn't know when it was going to stop. Mm-hmm. It's, it must, it, you know what I mean? No, I, I know entirely. I know exactly what you mean, and I think it's something that um, I attempted to convey in the. You know, in the YouTube history videos, effectively, when I were talking about sort of those early days and uh, all that sort of stuff. And, you know, because did you come down to Soundworks as well? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because you must have been there that time that I broke the... Were you there at that time when I broke the, you know, the shutter? No, no. I'm sure you were there because Big no. Phil were there. No, I wasn't there. I'm telling you I wasn't there because I'd have remembered that. The call, who was... Who's what it? Who's studio? Will Will's, Jackson. Will yeah, Jackson. Yeah, yeah. To call Will out from Arrogate, you said, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, I would have been fucking fuming. <laughs> Can you imagine? Will, what a guy. Honestly, I loved his podcast. So laid back. I thought, you need to be Will dealing with him. <laughs> uh, hey, Will, yeah, sorry, shut us a fuck, I'm off. <laughs> Will's just fucking chilling at home. Gets a call like that. Boom. Night over. It was about fucking half one in the morning. <laughs> it was about half one in the morning or something like that. That's why I thought you'd have been there, because it was a JJB doing... Oh, nah, I would have been out at one in the morning, you know me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it was at Bowling Alley that gone Kirkstall Road, and we'd gone... And that's why I'd have got, I'd went, come on, we'll go down to the studio. We're only down the road. It, when we went in, I, I rolled shutter up, and I rolled it up a bit hard, and I remember thinking, uh-oh, I didn't like the <laughs> sound of that, but we'll just plough on anyway. So we went down and had a bit of a mess about, and it was when we were leaving, but... We stayed there quite a while because, you know, it was somewhere to go chill. Do you know what I mean? We yeah, had, yeah. I had keys and you could just yeah, go yeah. sit in, like, yeah. in reception and just like chill all night if you fucking wanted. Well, that were it. I mean, uh, th- I mean, let's be honest. Back in the day, we were. I mean, well, that that were pre your that were pre Greenfield View. That were pre your first house, wasn't it? Because we needed somewhere to go and smoke. If you're <laughs> honest about it. You know, we were all still living at home, and that was the beauty of me getting the house. I suppose. Do you know what I mean? It was just like, oh fucking hell, we don't have to be. Snide and dodgy and, no, no. Do you know what I mean? Go don't somewhere. have to walk around block anymore. Yeah, just to have a bloody smoke <laughs> or whatever. Because, I mean, let's... You know, me and you are, uh, me and you have got our haunts, haven't we? And isn't it funny, actually, that one of them isn't Lotherton Hall? Yeah. That's weird, isn't it? Mm. That's weird. You, you would have thought that, you know, well, you know, Temple News was always one for us, funnily enough, where we're, you know, where we're playing the reunion show. Um, uh, that was, you know, that was always somewhere me and you went, um, down studio or whatever. Or when you're, you know, because your mum and dad used to go on holiday bloody five or six times a bloody year, didn't they? Yeah. So we go, we go to your house, yeah. which which got out of hand a few times. <laughs> um, you know, so I suppose partners in crime, it's, you know, it's oh, yeah. element of yeah. actual truth to that, mm. not just metaphorically speaking. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, well, you know, you know, the kids will be kids, won't they? And that, uh, you know, I think that's probably what the take-home message is from what we're talking about, really, is that all this 
stuff happened to us sort of when we were kids. Um, but, I, you know, I, I I remember you being sort of really nonchalant about it all, really. I about suppose, the band? And yeah, that. yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I suppose sort of in the same way we were. And, you know, while whilst there might have sort of been others that... Um, I, I don't know how to sort of say it, really. Not hangers-on, but, you know, people who got a bit keen, do you know what I mean? Even Yeah, yeah. But I suppose, you know, being best mates with me, you've know, not felt a sense to, of wanting to, you know, sort of show ownership over anything. No, no, I just wanted it. I just, I mean, I just didn't, I didn't want to be an intruder on, on I didn't want to look like, like you say, a hanger-oner. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was too cool for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean... Um, you, you know, you st- like we were saying, you still came on stuff, even though you didn't get to come to Glastonbury, which really, really did my head in. You got to come on some, uh, you know, some other really cool things, didn't you? I mean, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You came on those, what were it, were it three days you came out on tour? We went to Birmingham, I think, first. And then London, I think. And then we drove back from London. I remember getting on that bus. Them buses are amazing, aren't they? I mean. Listeners need to know how amazing those buses are when you get on those buses. They are truly like a house on wheels. Yeah. A luxury house on wheels. <laughs> and you get on and you're like, no way. What, you got a kettle on a bus? <laughs> Far more than a kettle on there. Well, yeah, it's something that uh, I don't... Did I do a video on that? On talking? I, I, I thought I talked about it somewhere, but... Um, it, I mean, I remember our first time on a splitter bus, even like a you know a Merc Sprinter van. That were that were exciting enough with all tables in back. I've talked about that, but yeah, first time we got on a proper double decker, yeah, um, you know, good quality tour bus. We were it was you know didn't know what to do with ourselves. We were it were amazing. Exciting. It were an amazing time. But like you say, I were really nonchalant. Are you coming out on tour? Yeah, I'll come out. <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> I know what else to do. I've got a couple of days off. I mean, can you imagine that now? I'd just be absolutely all over it. But like I said before, it just became so normal at the time. Um, so we got on this bus and, it, the, I mean, the party just started. Do you know what I mean? That were it. And we drove to Birmingham. It, it took a couple of hours. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm getting into it. Yeah, you know what I mean? And we get to Birmingham and then it just, I found that it just got quite boring quite quickly, really. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, yeah. I remember I, you saying to me, obviously you've sat and said to me, there's not a lot to do during day, mate. Do you know what I mean? You, you get there and you... Right, what are we doing? I think, do you remember, we went to Toys R Us. Oh, my God. Do you know, yeah. just remembered that. Yeah. I love that. I love your reaction wow. to that. Yeah, we went to Toys R Us and Rob bought like a fucking tiny random BMX or something, <laughs> didn't he? <laughs> Rob, but I can't remember. Did I can't remember if I bought anything. I mean, it was literally the only reason we went, mate, is because we were parked over at road from it. Yeah, literally parked over at road, and we were like, "Should we go in there?" Coming out on tour, got this great rock band. <laughs> we pull up outside. We got a Toys R Us. <laughs> Fucking buy a tiny little comedy BMX. Um, but yeah, it was funny because that was the gig. Oh, I'm sure as well because like we had catering, we had full on catering. I remember you being like. Well, what's all this? And I was like, oh, this is all catering and that. And you're like, what, you're catering? I remember Phil kicking off about a creme brulee. <laughs> <laughs> Phil's like, we need to get some creme brulee. And I'm sat there, right, wary, not wanting to be in way. And I'm thinking, he's fucking kicking off about this creme brulee. <laughs> can we get these creme brulee on, please? If, can, you, can you get these creme brulee, please? <laughs> fucking creme brulee. 
It's funny what you remember, isn't it? Honestly. So yeah, catering was always a laugh because like we always had really great catering as well. Um, but yeah, I, I also remember because I've talked about this before as well. But that that was the one gig, and I remember because you it was like a balcony around the top, wasn't they? Yeah. And like you were sort of looking down on stage. Yeah, yeah. And I could t- I could tell every time you lit up a bloody what uh, yeah, is oh, it? Yeah, I because know. I would have stood there playing, and I was yeah. all of a sudden like, oh, Mate, you were the it. last to smell it because I was stood on Stu's side. Oh. So, one of the worst gigs <laughs> I've ever been to. Stood at side at stage, I could only hit bass. Well, you you were sort of behind. Yeah, you? sort of behind, and to, to, all I could hear was Stu on bass, <laughs> and I'm thinking, I can't even tell what fucking song it is. <laughs> I don't really care. <laughs> I've got a triple A pass. I'm smoking this massive reefer. The crowd are looking at me. And I'm thinking, whoa, yes, this is brilliant. But that was the gig where the, the message, there was a cross wires anyway, and someone pressed the, the sample key on the intro music. But at that gig, I'm sure it was Birmingham or two Academy, but either way, like the, the dressing rooms, fucking miles away. You've got to like walk down all these service <laughs> passages to get down to stage. So, it, you know, it took us eight, like, the, that was the gig, literally, where Sample finished, and obviously we're supposed to, I go straight into dance, and Sample finished, and we weren't even anywhere near the stage, and literally, I just sort of walked out on stage with my arms raised, going, fucking hell, yeah. fucking could have told this. Uh, it's not like you to be kicking off at that time. <laughs> oh, man, fucking <laughs> hell. But yeah, we went to, so we did Birmingham and then we're back on the bus after the Birmingham gig and I'm thinking, hey, let's get his heads down, get ready for London. Oh, they were, nobody got their head down and I'm thinking, I'm fucking knackered, bro. I want to go to bed. What's happening now then? Are we, uh, are we off to bed? How we fuck off to bed, mate? Party's just starting. I want to go to bed. Oh, I'm thinking, I can't go to bed. Can't look, can't go to bed. Obviously, I'm out on tour with a rock band. I can't just go to bed. I stayed up. I don't know if we did all the way through. We must have done all the way through that night. Went to London. I think we drove from, obviously, Birmingham to London. That's how you get there. (laughs) Um, We did the gig in London, and then I can remember getting back on bus, and I was totally delirious with tiredness. Do you know what I mean? And I remember you just getting back in lounge, getting your tray out, and I just remember thinking... What's going on here? Like, <laughs> surely we've got to go to bed here. And that's when I caved. And I said to you, I said, ah, I'm off. I, he went, do you want to go to bed, mate? I says, I'm, I'm dying to go to bed. I got him, and it had that little window in, in the bunk. Oh, yeah. And I remember climbing in, and that's all I remember. It was one of those sleeps where you think, have I just blinked? And someone was saying, come on. <laughs> we were in Kipax. I've never been so tired in my life after two days. <laughs> oh, God, man. Imagine, like, fucking six yeah, weeks. Yeah, that's what I mean. But, yeah, those bunks, like like I said, and like Deg says, like, when you get in them bunks, especially if, you've, if, you, if you're really knackered or really pissed or really whatever, um, and especially if, if the bus is moving, you get in them bunks and it's just like yeah. you just get lulled into, like... It's like a, being back in the womb. <laughs> Certainly, you get that cocoon feeling. Yeah. Although I think if you know some some can be different, but um, like in the really small ones, like usually you've got two stacked on top of each other, so you've got a reasonable amount of space on a double decker bus. Uh, but the American single deckers, you've got three stacked, and 
that's a little bit like climbing into a pizza oven. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's a, a little bit military. Yeah, it's a little bit of a, a, a different vibe. But if you're not claustrophobic, which is ironic, actually, because I'm massively claustrophobic, but it was just on the right side for me. Um, yeah, I just about got away with it in America with them triple bunks. But yeah, you just, you literally get rocked to sleep and like, you know, it, time passes like nobody's business when you're in them things. It's like a little sort of capsule, really. Do you remember, um, do you remember Craig Jarrum, um, Trying to sign you up for some um, advertisement deal for JJB Sports, the no. music. No, I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. No. I think, I think, obviously, when it started kicking off and you played it, uh, Craig Jarrod was the area manager for JJB, and they were the regional manager as well. And they both came to see you at, at the at the at the Rocket. Oh right, right, yeah, yeah. Because I remember David Brownridge were flirting with Julie. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I wanted to murder him, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> but yeah, so they they both came along. Um, and they tried to they tried to get you in. They spoke to head office and everything. <laughs> get, get get the lads into Reebok classics. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Well, I mean, great. I mean, you say that, but you say that. But if you did, back then, if you'd have said that to our PR team, they'd have been like, "What? You know what I mean? JJB yeah. retail, like, yeah, yeah." yeah. Let's do it. No, they wouldn't. Obviously, they wouldn't have done. <laughs> but you know, it, it would have certainly got your name and face out there. But no, we would have. We would have never done that. We were all about sort of uh, avoiding uh, angel wings. <laughs> <laughs> we were all about avoiding stuff that actually progressed your career. Come on, I mean, we called ourselves the music in the internet age for fuck's sake. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, there's a there's an awful lot more to talk about. Really, it might be interesting actually if people respond well to this to kind of make this into a little bit of a you know like a series. Um, me and Deg, uh, because you know, obviously, we've been best mates since we were 18, so we've got tons and tons of stories. Um, but yeah, I think as, as you know, as much as anything, well, I suppose being really f- sort of well, really honest, I suppose, not brutal on myself, but really honest. Well, to, you know, to give it context, we obviously we've spoke about um, how much you were sort of involved in everything, how much you saw everything, and then obviously, consequently, as a result you were kind of there when things started to to not go so great really um and you know i very much sort of relied on you in lots of different ways um and then obviously you know raw i was always me and rob were just like absolute brothers so yeah. i think even then mine and rob's relationship was a little bit different to mine and yours not taking anything away from mine and yours no. but i think there was something different between me and yeah. rob but obviously when you know, when the band started to, I don't know how you want to, you know, I don't know what's the best way to term it really, but when it started to, you know, not go in an upward trajectory and things became difficult and stuff. And obviously as a result of that, and as we've detailed in these podcasts, when Rob came on, um, you know, me and Rob, our relationship began to be, I don't know, strained. Is it strained? a mm. difficult word really? Because I don't think it was ever really strained. We just we went apart from each other mm. and I don't think either of us back then ever really spoke about it and considering how close we were, um, you know, it was kind of like this this thing that we had a shared, you know, creative input in and love of was sort of failing really and I wonder if collectively we couldn't handle it. Into, I'm talking specifically me and Rob here rather than sort of the full band. Yeah. Um, not for any other reason than just to give this, what I'm going to say, context anyway. But yeah, so when... I lost that closeness with Rob. I think my, you know, the, my relationship with you became even more important, really. Um, 
Uh, it, it were a difficult time for me anyway. Yeah, well, I mean, I remember. I remember, mate. You, you, I mean, towards some of those tours at the back end of the of the of the ride, you were you you were dreading. And yeah. you know, if we're being honest, you were dreading them, mate. Yeah, absolutely dreading them. You used to absolutely despise those practice sessions. Come home, fuming. Down, down in the dumps. Do you know what I mean? You couldn't bring yourself out of it. Mm. I just think that I'd. I, I always thought to myself, I'd have loved to have got personally. I don't know if do you know what I mean. I don't know if I have got the magic touch. I probably haven't got the magic touch, and everybody probably thinks the same. But I wish I'd have been able to get in a room with all of you, uh, being objectively looking at it, yeah. saying, you know, not as not difficult. He's he's not being a wanker. <laughs> He's actually a really nice guy. <laughs> he just finds it quite hard to put into words sometimes, especially when he's frustrated. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just a difficult time for you. I saw that how difficult it was and how much you hated it towards the end. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, you didn't want to do it anymore. You, mate, you hated it. Hated it. it. Yeah. Th- it, it just it had changed so much. Do you know what I mean? And Do you think that you were... Be- do you think it was the ride that was coming to an end and you and it won't propping you up anymore? Um you think those problems always existed? Yeah. But well, they were masked by the success. Oh indeed, yeah. Without a doubt. And you know I I, I fucking mentally ill for Christ's sake. Oh, I, yeah. Undiagnosed mental yeah. illness until I was twenty seven and yeah. sort of had to deal with the rise and fall of everything that we went through, completely unmedicated. Now, having been medicated since I was 27 and to this day, you know what I mean? That, uh, it's difficult to know whether you can reflect and think it's maturity in years that have made the difference or whether it, you know, it's a, co- a combination of the medication and all sorts of other things. But either way, either way. I mean, what about the fact that you were just so young? And I think that if you'd have had that opportunity now, I don't think you... W- the, the thing is... You wouldn't have got that opportunity now. There was no keeping that down. There was no keeping the music down. Mm. You were too good and you had to get out there. And maybe you were too good too early, but that's just just the fact of the matter. That's what what happened. Mm. Mm. Um, And I think that now, if you were all in the same position now, I don't think it'd ever get to that stage because I think you're just far more mature. Yeah, yeah. I I think we were all better equipped to deal... Um, with all as- aspects of life, as as everyone should be, really, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in a, obviously, mm. you know, in a perfect world. But well, there's no doubt that when you are in a band and in that situation, and people are wrapping you in cotton wool, you are indulged. Yeah. And you're indulged to the point, you know. If I were in a normal job, I'd have been getting sacked left, right, and centre. Yeah, yeah. And someone would have said, "Well, hopefully, me." Yeah. Would have said, "Why am I getting sacked from every job that I do? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? What What am I doing wrong?" But in the environment that we were in. Um, you know, it's not just me necessarily, but certainly speak, as I say, I always speak for myself. You know, none of that were ever checked. So, I mean, I'm not saying that any of us had outrageous prima donna-ish demands. Well, mate, you were the boss at the end of the day. You and the band were the boss. Do you know what I mean? So no one was telling you what to do. Yeah, that's true. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. At, at a very young age when yeah. probably you should have been really yeah, being yeah, told exactly. what to do. I yeah. think, Tim, when you talk about Tim, I think he reined you in a lot and kept you, kept you a lot more grounded. But when you get into when you're dealing day to day with people who you're pay, you're directly paying their wages, mm. it's hard for them to turn around and call you a wanker. No, I I, I completely see but that. Maybe you were a wanker then. I don't know. Well, 
Yeah, I probably was. Mm. But I, I was, but I'd argue that I had a reason to be. I was just, I was difficult. And and it's funny you mentioned Tim, actually, because me and Tim had a, you know, we, Tim, like you said, Tim tried to rein, and I'm, again, I'm talking about me, tried to rein me in, and I pushed back. Do you know what I mean? And me and Tim had a, we, me, well, me and Tim had an amazing relationship. We still do. Um, but there was certainly a, a moment early doors where, um, you know, Tim Tim wanted to make a point to me about sort of me, really, and about my character and how it was sort of coming across, I think, or how it was maybe impacting on the situation for everyone else, which is something that I've reflected on a lot since. Yeah, but yeah. I remember at the time, I didn't take too kindly to it. No, I could imagine. I didn't take too kindly to it at all. And um, I don't know if I've ever actually thanked him for not, well, you know, not making more of that situation. Uh, than he did because he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't really make much of that situation. But I said, I remember. I say, you know, I don't like reflecting on it even now because I remember thinking at the time. I remember thinking, oh shit. Do you know what I mean? Why did I do that? Why? What? What did Tim say to you then? What well, did he say? You well, just... we just we had a conversation. You know, concerning lifestyle, really, more than anything. And let's not be frank. About, let's not be uh, candid about it. it was probably, you know, the fact that I was smoking too much weed. You know, right. he was he was putting that point across to me, and. um yeah, I got bet and pissed off. Do you know what I mean? Because I guess what I didn't realize then was, as well, it was more a case of look, mate, you try to take away my life line here because this all this shit that's happening. Because I think we were we were sat in the dressing room ready to go on fucking Letterman. We were right. about to, we were about to be on American TV, right? And um, you know, it's like all this mad shit that's happening to us. That's how I deal with it. I deal with it by getting really fucking stoned. Yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean? And that's that's how I dealt with. Being able to go on stage and you know, I've had conversations with lads from Coldplay, Will from Coldplay. You know, I play basketball with him every day on tour. They had a hoop, you know what I mean, in all different ice hockey arenas. So I'd sort of play, um, a lot of us would. And um, <coughs> I was speaking to him about it and he were like, so you, you sort of smoke before you go on? And I'm like, yeah. And he just couldn't get his head around it. He was just like, oh, fuck, I don't know how you operate. But it's like, look, mate, I don't know how you do it other way yeah. around. Well, yeah. I don't know how you get on stage sober. Do you know what I mean? Just in terms of like nerves more than anything. It just allowed, as, well, as certainly musically and on stage, it allowed me to zone in and um, really get into it. And without, yeah. without, so, you know, if I hadn't had any or whatever, then I found it really difficult to, um, to get into it. And not only that, you know, it almost changed my perception of time. Do you know what I mean? In the sense that, uh, you know, we played these songs hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times all over the world. And, because Japan were a bit different, because obviously it's, you know, it's, um, especially back then, it was a big no-no in Japan, sort of, well, any drugs really, yeah, obviously, yeah. but because it wasn't so prevalent over there anyway, you know, I wasn't always, you know, stoned, so to speak, so you'd, I'd end up getting on stage in sound check and we'd be playing, and I'd turn around to everyone and go, why, why is everyone fucking playing so fast? Do you know what I mean? Play it normally? And everyone's like, no, we're playing to a click. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> the click's the same as it was, and you're like, well... I know that must seem like the reality, but someone's been in computer and mess with click here. They must have done. So, so literally, I had Ben, computer lad, go look at click. I'm like, no, it's still on the same tempo. And literally, he stood there going, this is fucking weird because mm. I can't keep up. I couldn't keep up. But anyway, you know, that, um, you know, sort of touching on that, I suppose. And yeah, going back to Tim on that, uh, summer, uh, and me and Tim are, like, honestly, we're, we're amazing these days in terms of our relationship. I don't think it's something I necessarily have to, 
directly broached with him. I probably have done in the past anyway. But I just, I don't know. I always remember thinking, all oh, right, that's our relationship, never the same again then. And to be honest, I've had loads of those moments and in most of them pre-being medicated days. And um, I don't know, I've always had that aspect of my character where I just suddenly lo- lob an hand grenade at someone or something. Yeah, yeah. And then effectively stand there and just go, well, why have I done that? But Tim works at music business with artists and I think he'll be used to that as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, to be honest though, mate, it was more on a sort of personal respect level, really, that yeah. I sort of stepped out of line. I don't think it were even necessarily a prof- in a professional um, sort of way, I think it was. You always have been hot-headed like that, aren't you? Do you know what I mean? Well, I guess the truth hurts, doesn't it? And the, the, the truth really hurt me a lot back then. Um, I can deal with it a lot better now. Uh, for, for for varying reasons, really. But yeah, d- certainly back then. And there was an element of, like we've said, and like Rob alluded to as well, that there's an element of you start believing your own hype. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And especially when, you know, you, you have experiences like Japan where, you know, it's just mad yeah, in terms yeah. of how people respond to you. And it, it's very difficult not to get carried away with that to a degree. But not that I ever personally feel that I went arrogant or anything like that. I just had a way of doing things. And in my mind, I've never really stepped on anyone else's toes or got anyone anyone else's way. So I used to, I just used to take it. I still do take exception to someone suddenly stepping in my, um, you know, field of view. Really, do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? It's like I don't fuck with you. Why are you fucking with me, man? Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like I, I don't try and stop you doing the things that make you happy or get you through day to day. I think it's I th- you can't talk about that situation or focus on my character in any way. Without talking about that, yeah. Um, but you know, you, you just have to think about it as a defense mechanism. That's all it was for me. It was a coping and defense mechanism. So um, that's why it was su- such an integral part for me back then, really. But yeah, I think one thing we should touch on really as well. I don't know when your when Amelia were born. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Because for me, I think I mentioned this in the YouTube videos. Like obviously, me and Deg were like thick as thieves, absolutely thick as thieves. And then he got a girlfriend. Um, well, yeah, that was, he's obviously he'd been in relationship with Julie, but anyway, blah blah blah. Yeah, I've had other girlfriends. Yeah, I, I, I didn't mean that. As he, wait, he got a girlfriend. <laughs> wait, I just finally. I just meant that it was a sort of thing where oh, this like because I'm not being funny, mate. But all your girlfriends previously, you'd have rather have spent time with me, wouldn't you? Hundred uh, percent, exactly. And this was the first one where I were like, oh shit, hang on. Yeah, he actually likes this one. Oh shit! For fuck's sake, do you know what I mean? Like, and and, and again, because of my character, I was like, well, fucking hell, I'm not happy about this, but well, what can I do anyway? Do you know what I mean? And then that progressed to you obviously spending more time with her and that, and then and then obviously you told me that she were pregnant, and I was just like, oh, that is the that is the death knell for us. Yeah. I just thought... It's weird, that. Is it, it, honestly, to weird that, it's just so weird. Honestly, mate, I just thought that is the death knell for us because, do you, do you know what I mean? I just thought, well, it, my understanding certainly back then was, well, he's going to be too busy. And yeah. I think the weird thing, because Amelia's nine now, isn't she? Yeah. The weird thing is, is Amelia was born effectively when my life got turned upside down. Yeah. And um, I remember th- thinking it, in my mind, obviously quite selfishly, but I just remember thinking of it, of it as a bad thing that she were pregnant because I just thought, well, that's, again, like I say, that's all spending less time with each other. I remember when she were born, I don't think I came around for quite no, a while. No. Fair, you know, 
like we're talking six months. Was it six yeah. months? Minimum. I, I think I was going to say, I mm. think it was six months. Well, you know, I'd, I didn't want to step on the situation. Yeah. I, I, you know, don't get me wrong. I am a bull in that sense of like, well, I don't give a shit if you've had a baby. I'm coming home. I'm coming round and we're going to sit and have a smoke and a chat. That's what we do. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But, the, uh, you know, I'm civilised enough to think, well, no. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. New family, new baby. I'm not stepping on that. That's what, that's what I would like with your band. When you say I let our nonchalant, I just didn't want to tread. I just didn't want to tread on on your yeah, on your yeah. patch, really. That's it. Was nothing to do with me. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and yeah. a bit like you and, uh, and with Amelia, mm. it, well, was it was never anything to do with me. I were always along for the ride. I never wanted to take any kind of claim on it or anything like that. Yeah, I were always really conscious of putting a claim on it. Yeah, and, no, and, you know, for somebody to turn around and say, "What the fuck are you doing here?" Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's 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 the fascinating parallel, really, because I suppose it. I mean, it's, it's, I suppose it's worth coming to the point now where, um, you know, we address the fact that it had all kind of fallen apart for us and I'd, thought, I'd stopped talking to everyone. And I remember I, I'm, I remember having a convo with you where I was like, hey, mate, I'm fucked here. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So you're going to have to fucking make sure that I'm not too fucked. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I, I, I put a lot, I sure remember saying it. But anyway, it, that coincided with me coming down, being really upset at yours. And it was one of the first times that I'd come down when your dad Amelia. And, um, you know, I just remember you plonking her on my knee. I was I were really upset and you just plonked her on my knee. And, um, I, you know, that, that, I think... Walked I off, I think. Yeah, you <laughs> plonked her on my knee and thought, fuck, I'm off for a bit. Yeah, I mean, um, and I, that's the first time I'd ever really properly interacted with a child yeah. at all. And I just remember being sort of spellbound by her. But mm. to be fair... Like you gave it to me, and to be fair, that first time she got a bit upset. She, I think she sat and sort of looked up at me for about a minute, and then she started crying. I think it might have been the next day where I came down again, and obviously I was still really upset because I were upset for fucking quite a long time. But anyway, um, we were outside, and you gave it to me. We were outside walking around. It was really sunny in back garden at Cottage, and you again, you just passed it to me, um, and she... She changed, she like, where the first time she was a bit wary of me, the second time I could just see a smile on her face. Yeah. And that was a mad moment for me, that because I, to be to be totally honest, I think that was the first time I ever understood um, what having kids really is. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I'm not very maternally um, instinctive like that, really. Or, you know, to sort of think about those things, to conceptualise them even, you know. They're not lost on me, don't get me wrong, but back then, before having any kind of experience of it, for me, it was a, you know, kids just seemed like hard work. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I remember meeting her properly and bonding with her, and you turned around and went, oh, you're actually really good with kids, man. Yeah, yeah. Which were mad, you know what I mean? Because I was like, really? What have, what have I done that's different? But Well, yeah. She just, she stuck to me, didn't she? She did, yeah, and she still has, and she does to this day. Do you mm. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I told her I was coming down, you're going down to uh, Amin's. <laughs> you're recording something, Mum's told me. <laughs> Bless. Oh, really? Uh, but, I mean, she'll be able to listen to this when she's... When is he coming round here again? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's something we can touch on. Obviously, lockdown and everything has stopped me. But, I mean, the point being that I bonded with Amelia, and that was my fucking saving grace with that where I were at in my life and uh, everything that were going on with me, which were nothing. Um, sort of to meet uh, Amelia and sort of like bond with her, even when she was that young, 
It was such fantastic timing, though, on all fronts. You know, I were working early. Tasha were working late to, to make ends meet. I used to go to work at half past five in the morning, finish for half past two. Tasha would go to work at half past three, and I'd be left with Amelia and Bronwyn at that point, a two and a one-year-old, to sort tea, to do bedtime, and all those things. And you, to me, were my saving grace at that point, mm. and it was just nice how it all coincided quite nicely that you could come round and I could just go disappear for half an hour yeah. and just take a breath. Because any parent knows it's, that's, it's a hard time, is that? Well, yeah. I mean, and I remember, I remember Tasha being a bit like, well, is he all right with that? Do you know, I, mean, I think she thought that I, she were burdening me in some way. Yeah. And it's like, look, yeah. I, I love this. Do you know what I mean? I love playing with her, even though she's six months old, like she would just, I don't know, maybe it's part of my character or whatever, but I could have conversations with that girl before, long before she could talk. Yeah. Long before she could talk. I could read what she was saying with her eyes. Or I knew her that well because, let's face it, I made a rule myself that I was like, right, four days a week. It was, yeah. Like, I can't go down more than that because it's taking piss. So I'd, yeah. co- I'd come <laughs> down Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then one at weekends. I'd come down for at least three hours, mate. Mm. I'd spend at least three hours with her, just playing with her, um, you know, messing about, Liking around for her, making her laugh. Um, you know, it were it was massively special for me, but you jumped ahead a bit with Bronwyn because th- that was the, the change in me is when Tasha fell pregnant with Bronwyn. When you told me that, I was like, oh, is she? Do you know, yeah. I was absolutely blown away. And yeah. I was like, oh, I hope it's another girl. And then it, it was another girl. And I, I you know, because you know, it's, not, it's not my kids, but because I, I sort of, Enforce myself so much. I just you couldn't have got rid of me, even if you'd have fucking tried. No. Mate, to be honest, you couldn't have got rid of me. I tried. I didn't try. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just I'd love you know. Um, and as Deg says, we still have a great relationship today. I still have a fantastic relationship with him. But obviously, lockdown has has yeah it made it difficult. It, well, it's robbed me of you know what fourteen, fifteen mm. months of them. Growing up and the few times where I've come round and sort of seen him over the wall in the garden or whatever and spoke to him, um, you're just like, oh, f- you know what I mean? Look, they're, yeah, they're it's not totally different. Man. They've mm. grown so much. And the, like the, the way they're using the voice has changed and the way they're forming language. And, mm. you know, I remember, I remember Amelia's first words. I remember her first steps. Uh, I remember all sorts of mm. stuff, all sorts of... And same with Bronwyn and, you know, there's, um, there's a million and one stories we could we could talk about and i think we should to be honest you know what i mean i i've i've really enjoyed doing this and where it's going i think we, it'd be interesting to, to do like uh um yeah, to do to do more of this sort of thing and, and reflect on this sort of stuff when you left the music when that when that finished to me i, I saw relief i just saw utter relief from you that you didn't have to do it anymore and and that were hard for me to take because obviously it must have been a great lifestyle and it must have got real bad to be in that sort of lifestyle and just to be happy to be out of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Me sitting with Nutter night after night, watching him play his guitar, him playing his new stuff to me, I think the guy's an absolute genius on the guitar. Do you know what I mean? I think it's just a crazy thing and, and, and Nutter, I think, he's just got a real knack for feeling a vibe from a track and, and getting a feeling from a track. Do you know what I mean? Rather than it being more mechanical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've 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 constantly loved to, to listen to him. And when he put his guitar down, and you you literally put that guitar down for ten years, didn't you, mate? Like literally, yeah. you never picked it up. Not once. 
And I just thought, and I did think sort of what a waste in a way, but as a as as your best friend, I, I saw what what I saw when you had a guitar, when you were unhappy, mm. and when you and when you didn't have the guitar, you seemed a lot happier. When you had a lot less stress, that was difficult for me to to ask you to say, "Come on, mate." You fucking pick the guitar back up, yeah. and I only texted to uh, last week and said, "Do you think I should have pushed it forward earlier to say to you, let's get on this now instead yeah. of waiting ten years?" I personally think you needed those ten years. Well, I think, I think on reflection, um, I think you're right. I'd, do you know what I mean? I'd you needed those ten years, and you, you needed it. The the deeps, the cuts, and the deeps. The cuts were that deep. From the band and the way that it finished, it needed time, and I mean a lot of time. Yeah. And I can remember thinking when it ended, you know, maybe in ten years. And I remember thinking that it took even longer. Yeah. To be able to, to be able to to get chatting to the band again, which is such a shame. But it's just the way that life is, isn't it? It certainly was with that situation, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, everyone knows what it's like to have what appears to be an insurmountable barrier in the way of, I don't know, fucking something as simple as walking up the stairs. Yeah. And they, they can just be such an insurmountable barrier that stops you from doing that thing of just picking up the phone or saying, can we just talk about something? Yeah. Rather, yeah. rather but, but, you know, because I think on reflection, Deg, as much as we talk about 10 years and whether I needed it or not, I think I needed to reforge my relationship with Rob. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if that had have happened five years ago, then I think maybe I'd have got the hunger to do this five years ago. Earlier. Yeah, I, yeah. Th- I think. The, so you, what you're saying, that the, the last five years have not have, have been unnecessary in that process? Um, that maybe five years would have been enough? Well, I... Because maybe five minutes would have been enough. Well, exactly. Hmm. I, I, I don't know. The, the trouble is when you take into account the fact that there's obviously Rob involved in this equation as well yeah, and yeah. how he felt about everything, um, that made it doubly difficult Yeah. because I was never... I was... It was, And as Rob said to me when we talked, not that I want to divulge too much from our private conversation, but, you know, it, it was always going to be difficult for Rob to just kind of approach me on that and just be like, look, man, do you know what I mean? should we talk about this? And yeah. I, I was never going to be the one to approach him. No, I, no. I just never would. I, you know, mm. what do you call it? Cutting your nose off to spite your face, which yeah. is probably what I've done for 10 years. If you want to look about, look at it like that, I took me back and ball home. Do you know what I mean? And um, I couldn't even listen to music. And that's something I've talked about. I couldn't even listen to it, let alone play guitar myself. I shut myself off to music entirely. I wasn't interested in it. No. So much has been and gone since I was into music. And people. so much passes me by culturally that people have referenced from the last 10 years. I've just got no idea about. But obviously since all this and since speaking to Rob and everything like that, it's, as I've said a million times, it enabled me to, to reconnect with all that and let it all back in. But So it's a difficult question to answer because... If the circumstances that have pre- pre- presented themselves to me and Rob earlier where we'd had that conversation, then who knows? But th- there's certainly, for me, from my point, there's been a hell of a lot of character building. And, um, you know, that's a, a lot of that, is, again, is down to my other mate, actually, Don. Um, David McMaster, sort of working with him, as I've spoke about yeah. quite a lot. It just it just enabled me to see life from a completely different perspective. And I don't want that to, want that to sound wrong in any way. It, it, a, a different perspective on myself in a sense that I was fucking useful, you know, not just at 
sort of playing guitar or whatever or coming into riffs. I, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Um, I wasn't unemployable, all these things that I kind of thought I yeah. was after the band and, you know, I thought I was institutionalised and had this mental illness and stuff. And Getting back into the puffer jacket. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and, you know, working with Dave gave me perspective on myself, I think, and, yeah, um all the while that sort of you've been helping me uh, obviously I've known you a lot longer than I've known Dave, Don or Dave and you know, I call Don yeah you, my two best mates um, Dave and Dave Dave and Dave so it's Deg and Don rather than Dave and Dave but yeah um, so I think I think to be honest we could talk and talk and talk here but we're going to have to find we have to find a natural end uh, yeah, to, I know. to this conversation, really. Otherwise, we're going to be here all night. And it's I'm like being sat in front room. <laughs> I've, li- I've listened to every other podcast, and he'll be making a point, and I'll I'll reply. I've got him on my earphones, and I'll go, "Yeah, mate." I'm, oh, shit, he's not even here, is he? <laughs> oh god, uh, it's weird, man. Because you know, when I, when I started all this, I did think, "Oh god, you know, what dead good as buddy say? Is he going to take piss at me?" Oh awesome. no, no. Well. Uh, you know. Not at all. I'm just I'm I'm so happy for you, mate. That that it happened for you. I mean, it just it just changed, didn't it? Mm. It just changed. It did. Yeah, it's been it's been a it's been an absolutely mad year. And I got the thing today on Twitter that said it's a year since you joined Twitter, and obviously joining Twitter was to part to take part in the listening party and all that stuff. So, can you imagine eighteen months ago, me and you sat there? Saying, no, you'll be on my podcast in 18 months. Yeah, watching yeah, watching girls swimming at Rothwell Sports. Ridiculous, Center. yeah. Ridiculous. I mean, you know, I've loved this, mate. Honestly, I have, and I'd really like to... You're uh, on a ride. I'd, I'm loving the fact that you're on it again, because you will succeed. You will succeed, mate, in whatever you do, because you've got that personality. You will get there. I've I know cer- you will. I've certainly got the bit between my teeth now. Yeah, good. But, um, yeah, so... Obviously, massive thanks uh, to Deg for being on. And I don't want to stop, really, because there's there's so much more to talk about. But I think what we've done here, probably, and if we are going to do a little bit of a series, we've you know we've given the whole series a little bit of context, and then the next time that we do this, um, hopefully the listeners will you know, like I say, we'll be ready to sort of talk more sort of funny specific stories and antics and stuff like that. But yeah, thanks very much for coming on, Deg. It's uh, a pleasure, but I really, really do appreciate. I've really it. enjoyed it. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. And I hope it's been a little bit more natural than oh, you. Oh, fucking shitting myself. <laughs> I had three cans of Heineken and it settled me down a bit. Did you have three? Yeah, you only one. brought one. Yeah, I know. I, t- I had one in car when I were outside, parked up, yeah, with the keys walk, out of the English. You, <laughs> you, you had two in car before you set off walking here, Dave. Right, okay. Just, just got in the car and had two cans. <laughs> And then walked here. Right, we'll leave it there before anything else gets said. Woo, woo. So thank you, everyone, for listening. I've really enjoyed it. I think they guys as well. And um, yeah, Thanks, man. everyone. Yeah, we'll, uh, I'll strive to drag it along and, and do another one. So thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>